to the Fantasy's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, William Spencer, Jalen McQueen, and Mark Carter. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's finally here. Week one is here. And I'm so, I'm trying not to just jump through the mic right now, but I am so excited because football is finally back. Now, before I go into my tangent, I got to introduce our host for this episode. Mr. Mike Crum has graced us with his presence. Mike, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast, man. It's glad it's great to have you finally on the show, man. Man, I, I thought that intro was for me, not for the start <laughs> of football. We've been waiting to get me on this show for how long? Uh, the whole offseason, man. It's just one thing after another. We haven't been able to link up like we should, but definitely i'm definitely glad that you were able to come on this episode yeah it's about time we've been we've been waiting so i'm glad to finally get on with you yes sir yes sir and we got to make this uh kind of a reoccurring thing so i got to make sure i get you back on the show uh later on in the season but before we jump into the episode man and before i introduce everything let the people know where they can find you on twitter at cd piglet guys letter c letter d piglet nice and easy (laughs) Now, if you guys aren't familiar with Mike, um, you can find him more on Twitter at his Twitter handle, like he said. But me, it, basically, we've been going back and forth um, for a while now um, over Twitter and social media through our podcast and stuff like that. We just uh, kind of bumped into each other on social media and then it's kind of gelled from there. He's one of the one of the best follows that I've met in terms of um, cowboy news and. Uh, fantasy football and his other writings like um mike who are you writing for right now uh cowboys wire man i did 25 player profiles for him the last five should be coming out in the next couple days so it was exhausting all right that's cool that's cool um are you do you have anything else going that we should know about let the people know man you know about the cowboys podcast that's the podcast that made you change your app (laughs) we shamed you we shamed you into it. <laughs> yeah, y'all hated my my original Twitter name. It was like well, uh, I am Hyperion underscore FPH. It was it was too long though. It was too long, so we ended up I ended up changing it. It was ridiculous. I kept trying to to shout you out on the thing, and I'm like, I don't know his tag. <laughs> it's too hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to. I ended up changing it. It's cool now. So now you know what my tag is. You can find me on Twitter at hype underscore finest. And you can follow the other uh, podcast co-hosts, too. You can follow Jalen at Ace underscore ECA4 and Mark at MCKNUX. So in this episode, we're going to get into some hyping headlines leading up to the start of the regular season. Week one is literally around the corner. And we're going to get into the, the Thursday night football breakdown. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys. So you know what you got to do? Subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and so many more. Make sure you follow the uh, social media, too, at Instagram, at Fantasy's Finest, and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy's Finest. And lately, um, the I, the Instagram account has been blowing up. We shot up from, I think we were about 700, just over 700 followers on Instagram, and the IG account is oh is almost at eleven hundred. Like, Dang. I posted, I had put a reel up of Carson Wentz, um, 
coming back from surgery. And we'll get into a little bit of that uh, later on in the show. But that reel, I, it kind of went viral. It's like over 3,000 likes and stuff. But people are very upset at Carson Wentz. <laughs> I mean, he's got he's kind of like the uh, the poster boy for shade because of all that uh, COVID situation. But we'll jump into that a little bit later in our new segment. So without further ado, let's get to the news. News and notes from around the NFL. All right. First up, let's head to New York before we get into the other stuff. Saquon Barkley is trending to playing week one against the Denver Broncos. Now, the final call is for the Giants to ultimately make the decision as to whether or not he's going to play. One of the things that um, has been a major concern is whether or not he can handle the workload, uh, getting his full workload as the starter, which is one of my concerns as well, because if he, because of what you have to use to draft him, you're either using a, a, a first round pick or a high second to get him, depending on how your board falls in your fantasy leagues. I kind of felt like that was too rich to try and use on Saquon Barkley because earlier in the season, earlier in the off season, his ADP was almost around um, the one Oh five or one Oh six somewhere up there. And then it started to drop when he wasn't coming back to training camp. I mean, Mike, what do you think? Are, should fantasy managers kind of, trust in Saquon Barkley earlier in the season? I can't lie. I uh, I picked him up at 112 in the latest draft I did with some uh, some of the Cowboys fans on Twitter. We had one, and I picked him up first round, 12th pick, and then I doubled it and went Najee Harris next. So uh, I, I think if you can get him anything after eight, I'm taking that risk because the boom-bust potential is enormous. Yeah, it is. It's because they have to they have to use Saquon Barkley in that office because we know Daniel Jones is not going to lead the the New York Giants to a lot of W's. Like we've seen what he can do so far. And, you know, people will make excuses for him like, oh, you know, he just didn't have enough weapons. And but now they've given him weapons. They've added Kenny Galladay, which goes right into our next point because Kenny Galladay returned to practice and now he's limited in practice with a hamstring injury, which was the issue before when he was out for he was supposed to be out for like two to three weeks and he ended up missing most of august or the pre he missed all of the preseason behind that hamstring injury now he's still limited in practice heading into week one like this i feel the same way about kenny galladay like if not even more so because i don't trust kenny galladay like at all like he could have went anywhere else and been great, but he had to go to New York chasing a bag, and now he got Daniel Jones throwing to him. Not just Daniel Jones, like that's bad enough, but also Jason Garrett's his coordinator, so we know they're going to run it 45 times and, and run straight up the middle. So, I mean, we know the drill with Jason Garrett. We had him here for a decade. It's it's rare that he gets a receiver that's that's you know great in fantasy or plays up to their potential in fantasy. And then Kenny Galladay stays hurt. Like, he is hurt guy. Uh, I, I don't I don't trust but, him. But, Mike, Mike, you, Dallas had Des Bryant, and he was fantastic. For a season? 
Yeah, what that 2014 year was was pretty stellar, and and there's a difference between Tony Romo and and Daniel Jones. I refuse to use a nickname for him. He is Daniel, soon to be a backup Jones. <laughs> That's his new nickname. We gotta get we yeah. gotta get that one rolling. <laughs> yeah, soon to be a backup. We'll use that. All right, moving along. Carson Wentz returned to practice. Then he went out with COVID. And now he's back at practice, and he's expected to play week one against Seattle. How do you feel about Carson Wentz? Like, give me your honest opinion. Man, I, I really like that Colts offense. I just uh, – can you trust him? I mean, he he's – speaking of hurt guy, golly, this guy is just – he he. Howie Roseman said it uh, in an interview today or yesterday – you know, he's like, we went to the playoffs four times and, and had to use our backup every oh, time. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Shots fired. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's why they used the second-round pick on a quarterback. They couldn't trust that their guy was going to get all the way through. So, I mean, it depends on where he goes because I like the offense he's in. I like the offensive uh, coordinator, the head coach, the offensive line, even with Quentin Nelson hurt, is pretty good. Um, and I like his weapons. Uh, if Hilton plays Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, obviously, uh, and uh, Hines, I believe. Yeah, Naeem Hines. Is, is, yep. And so, man, he he's risky. In a super flex, maybe he's your second. Or if you get him to be your third, your, your rotational guy, that would be nice. But, man, if I'm in a one-quarterback league, I'm, I'm scared to death if I got stuck with Carson Wentz. Now, I will say this. I've been able to – I kind of felt like Carson Wentz has the potential to have a bounce-back season, and but I also get the apprehension why people don't want to try and use Carson Wentz because his season, his last year in Philadelphia, was so bad that he's warded off people from even trying to draft him. Like, he's gone undrafted in at least nine out of ten fantasy leagues drafts that I've done so far. And you can get him off of waivers. But I really feel like with him going back to Frank Reich with a better team built around him with, that the Colts have as opposed to what the Eagles gave him, he has a real opportunity to get better. And I always refer to this because we saw proof of that with Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers was cooked his final year in uh, L.A. with the Chargers. He was done. And then he went over to the Colts. He got with Frank Reich, and his numbers, all of his numbers across the board, took a substantial jump from his final year. If he can do, if Frank Reich and that offense can do that with Phillip Rivers, can you imagine what they could do with a younger prospect than Carson Wentz who needs to rebound? He wants to rebound. I think, I, I, I would tell you, if you don't want to draft him, you don't have to. He's likely he's going to go undrafted. Make sure you put him on your watch list and make sure you have him ready just in case something happens to your starter or, you know, you only have one quarterback or something like that. In a two QB league, I take the chance. But actually, I have. I got him in a couple of two QB leagues. But Carson Wentz, man, I think he's he's bound for a backup, uh, bounce back year. You just got to gotta I, wait I, on it. I got to I got to counter with the fact that Phillip Rivers doesn't is never injured, though. Yeah, always play that's the so there's that there's that risk with Carson Wentz man like is he is he gonna give you good enough numbers for you to risk 
what you may get a nothing out of them, you know? So I, I'm with you on the two quarterback leagues. Um, I'm putting him in in a super flex, but man, he's like, he's got to be a third quarterback for me. I've got to have two that I could definitely count on. And then if he starts to blow up, he's like the insurance guy you got at the, with your last pick. And then you kind of float, you could float him in if you need yeah. to. Okay. <laughs> I could do that. I, another way I've thought about it or I've, I've done it is um, I've taken, I got my prime starter and I took a chance on Justin Fields and waiting for him to pop. And then I backed him up with Carson Wentz and I think like maybe two leagues. I got to check, but that's kind of the strategy I've tried um, when I have Justin Fields or if I have a bona fide starter, like uh, if I went and got Dak Prescott or I got Kyler Murray or somebody like that, one of the top 10, 12 quarterbacks, then I'll feel more comfortable grabbing Justin Fields and then grabbing a third quarterback. And I've only done it a couple times. But I don't know, man. I just I feel like Carson Wentz could go. Now I'm not going to say he's going to go back to his 2017 year, but maybe something close to it. Cause he, I know what this is. I know what this is, audience. Do you want to know what this is? Because I know. You tell well, me. What is it? This is a Eagles hating Cowboys <laughs> fan that now wants Carson Wentz to become 2017 Carson Wentz no. and hurts to be a bum. <laughs> Don't lie to the people. This is what he wants so that, that he could rub it in Eagles fans' face like, Look, y'all got rid of the better quarterback again, Nick Foles, and now Carson Look, Wentz. Man, you ain't gotta be pulling is. my petty card like that. I was, I was saving that. I was saving that for the middle of the season when Carson Wentz numbers look better than Jalen Hurts, and then I got something to use. You just, you, you ruined it for me, man. You ruined it. <laughs> it's, it's really me too. That's how I know it's you because it's me the same way. <laughs> oh man, you pulled me right out on Front Street. All right, let's wrap up the news segment. We got. This last part, Le'Veon Bell signs with the Ravens. Latavius Murray released from the Saints. Now, the Ravens had already lost J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill to season-ending injuries. Uh, J.K. Dobbins tore his ACL in the final preseason game. Justin Hill, Justice Hill, excuse me, um, t- tore his Achilles during practice. So they're out for the year. That just leaves Gus Edwards and Tyson, Tyson Williams. Now, Le'Veon Bell... And this is kind of the weird thing I've been seeing. As soon as Le'Veon Bell was announced, I saw all of my leagues light up with such and such has grabbed Le'Veon Bell off waivers. How do you feel about that kind of move? Because you still have two guys in front of him. Um, He was signed to the practice squad, so he does have a chance to come up to the active roster if they need him. But is Le'Veon Bell a guy that you would reach for right now in fantasy? Nope, definitely not avoiding. I love that run offense, but I just feel like they could do it with the younger guys. It's it's more about how good the system is at running. I just don't think they're going to need the older veteran there. He's more of an insurance policy. I, uh, I'm not I'm not buying it personally. Not not this early. Yeah, I didn't think so either. I don't, I can't have him sitting on my bench for three weeks and then he don't move. Like if he doesn't come up from the practice squad or there isn't an injury to the Ravens uh, running backs, he's just sitting there. You know what I mean? And if I, if you and if you've already had your drafts and you kind of have your drafts 
your um fantasy team set up. Do who are you dropping to pick up Le'Veon Bell to stash him? Like you know what I mean? Like he he's just not he's not worth it right now. And I get the premise that you know he could be he's better than Tyson Williams, and he could come up and he can get passing work and he can do this. I I I don't think Le'Veon Bell is done. Like let me just say that too. I don't think he's cooked. But he's been on he's been ruined by the Jets with Adam Gase. He really didn't get anything going with the Kansas City Chiefs. He wasn't gonna come in here and take over uh from Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You know, they used the first round pick on Clyde. Le'Veon Bell wasn't gonna come in here and take the job. So while I do believe he still has something in the tank, we don't know because his work, his body of work after he left the Steelers hasn't been great. So we, we're kind of in an area where we don't really know what we're going to get with Le'Veon Bell. Is he worth that kind of stash where he's going to be sitting for three or four weeks? I don't know. I don't think that that's worth it right now. Maybe he's the guy you keep tabs on, you put him on your watch list, and then if an injury pops, you can get him. But other than that, unless you've already created space or you have, you have a deep bench in your league, I can't see picking him up right now. Yeah, you're you're doing it for the two Pittsburgh games. You got to figure those two games, they'll want to run him and be like motivation games. But you're asking me to drop uh, Elijah Mitchell, who I'm stashing, you know, probably for future years, but like a younger guy. You're asking me to drop him to pick Le'Veon Bell to hope that he has a couple of games of flash from his years three years ago. Nah, not not me. I'm, I'm out on that. Yeah, I, I can't do it. I can't do it either. But that'll wrap up the news. Now let's get into our first part. Preseason, not preseason. Hyping headlines leading into week one. Tripping. Okay. Now, there's been a ton of news heading into this week. Um, But I wanted to highlight some of the things that we've been that we've I've actually discussed before um, I was on the league winners podcast uh, with LP Cruz and uh, Thomas Christopher. And one of the things that we discussed was the quarterback battles. Now we've already seen those battles come to the conclusion. Um, James Winston, he's a starter. He won the job with Taysom Hill, um, drew Locke. He lost his train, his uh, training camp battle with Teddy Bridgewater we actually saw Cam Newton get cut from the Patriots. And he looked like he was having a really solid uh, preseason, but they went with Mac Jones instead. And we got a couple others I wanted to talk to you about, Mike. Um, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, that situation, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. But before we go any further, I wanted to highlight, I wanted to start talking about um, the Saints situation because I feel like Jameis Winston and – Anybody from the league winners can tell you because uh, we've been talking about it in the chats too. Jameis Winston should have always been the quarterback one. Like it really shouldn't have been a, a quarterback battle between him and Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill to me is not a good quarterback. Like I don't get that whole fascination with him. But how do you feel about the same situation at quarterback in terms for fantasy? You don't like uh, quarterbacks that can't throw, huh? Not one lick. 
Yeah, Taysom Hill's a, a like a trick play player. He's he's not he's not that guy. He's not a number one. Definitely, Jameis Winston has the arm. He's went for a gazillion yards. He just he needed he needs a coach that can help him make better decisions. And we you know we're gonna see because Sean Payton's about as good as you could ask for. So if he can't do it with him, we know he's done then. But I mean, it, it was never. I never thought that that Winston wasn't going to be the QB one over Taysom Hill. Nah, I didn't either. But for whatever reason, Sean Payton was like, you know, we got to do a, a quarterback battle between Jameis Winston. Like, we, you watch Jameis Winston play, and you watch Taysom Hill. You're a professional. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm watching from my couch. I can tell the difference. So if I can tell the difference from my couch, you should be able to tell right off the rip. Taysom Hill's not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. <laughs> like, but you're that you're that special trick play guy. Yeah. That's that is it. That is all you're there for. You're the, you know, we're gonna put you on the goal line and you're gonna steal touchdowns from Alvin Kamara. <laughs> you're that guy. Oh God! But fantasy fantasy players have to hate Taysom Hill. If you're an Alvin Kamara owner, yeah, like he should be getting all the goal line work. But then it's like, oh hey. What, who's that guy that's on the – is that a fullback? No, that's that's Taysom Hill. That's, he's about to get the hand and touch now. Who started Taysom Hill? Anybody? No? Hmm, okay. No. But it's, it's one of those situations where it's, it's frustrating. Like, and he, you know he's going to get some kind of play because he's the do-all, all-purpose guy. How do you feel about Winston without – I mean, he's got no Thomas. I think his wide receiver two is out. I don't even know the tight end anymore, to be honest. Did they bring Jimmy Graham back or is he with the Bears? <laughs> no, but that gives you some sleeper appeal because the guys that I'll talk about now, since you brought it up, Jameis Winston has been really connecting with Marquez uh, – I hope I'm saying his name right – Marquez Callaway. If you watch the preseason, Marquez Callaway's had a very good preseason with Jameis Winston targeting him. And then with the pre the uh offseason sleeper darling, um I want to say his name right too, Autumn Trotman. He was the he was the guy everybody was talking about, and then he got hurt. And then the tight end behind him, Nick Vanette, got hurt, which is no surprise because he was over at Seattle, I believe, and he got hurt over there and they cut him. Or something to that effect. I can't remember exactly. But he's no longer with Seattle. He's in New Orleans and he's hurt too. So the tight end that could be on the rise because of all those injuries ahead of him is Juwan Johnson. Now they do have another tight end that was ahead of him. But Juwan Johnson also had a pretty solid camp in uh, preseason too. So he's those two names, Marquez Callaway and Juwan Johnson, are two names that you should be Either tar- Marquez Galloway, you should definitely be tar- targeting in your uh, fantasy drafts. I actually got sniped um, in my last draft I did on Sunday. These dudes went and took all my late round guys, like Michael Pittman I was getting in the 12th round. Um, Callaway I was getting around 11 or 13. Ninth and 10th rounds, 8th round. I'm like, yo. Y'all taking all my stuff. <laughs> like these guys are mine. Because they listen to your pod. They listen to your podcast and they get ready to steal your shit. Maybe. I got a couple of dudes on that follow me on Twitter too. So maybe that's it too. You know, you put the you put the information out there and they try and play you like, oh man, we don't listen to your crap. And then all of a sudden my guys, all my sleepers are getting picked up 
three rounds ahead of when I'm getting them. <laughs> That's funny. The, the the all the Saints talk though. All it tells me is pick up Alvin Kamara because I don't know how much you could trust any of those other ones, but you could trust Alvin Kamara for mm-hmm. sure. He's going. He's going to be him and um another sleeper who might be able to get some work in. Uh, Tony Jones, because Latavius Murray is cut. Tony Jones is the next guy up, and he's had they they liked him a lot in preseason, so he's going to be the backup for Alvin Kamara um, for the rest of the season. So if Alvin Kamara gets hurt, you already know who to get, Tony Jones. But let's go on to uh, let's go on to Denver too, because Drew Locke is out, Teddy Bridgewater is in. What do you think of that situation? Who cares? <laughs> now, you know what's funny? Mark is a Broncos fan. Exactly. So he be he would be all over this. I don't know how he feels about Teddy Bridgewater because, you know, he's Teddy Bridgewater. He's not that great. You know what I mean? But maybe he could be good enough for fantasy um, with the weapons that they have. You know, you got. They, they have killer wep- weapons everywhere. Running back tight end two what three wides i mean they, they have weapons everywhere so bridgewater could be sneaky could be a sneaky super flex play i wonder if uh if mc wanted bridgewater or if he wanted drew lock do you know which one he wanted to win it i want to say he was angling for teddy bridgewater at first and then he saw like the first two preseason games and then he was like oh drew lock is back I'm gonna have to pull them <laughs> tweets, but I don't think he cared because I think he was he was kind of on the point of being over on Drew Locke because you know him and maybe a small fraction of the Denver Broncos fan base thought that they were getting Aaron Rodgers and that whole nonsense that was going on in Green Bay. I I don't get the back. Drew Locke is back. Back to what? <laughs> what was ever? Well, Drew he was Locke? he was cooking in preseason. But I mean, it's preseason. So I was like, yeah, you know, but I guess uh, I'm, I'm avoiding him like the plague. <laughs> if he can't beat out Teddy Bridgewater, I'm terrified. Yeah, he's sitting he's uh, sitting pretty on waivers. But we, like you said, with all the weapons that they have, to, at least, you know, that Teddy Bridgewater can deliver the ball. He was a uh, top five last season in uh, completion percentage. He can and he has, you know, he, they say uh, reports was during camp was that. He was really gelling with Jerry Judy. Cortland Sutton's coming back from ACL injury. They're loaded. They're really loaded. And they have a run game now with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. And you can't get it, forget about Noah Fant. Like, they have weapons all over the place. And Teddy Bridgewater can at least deliver the ball. Now, I want to see how he looks throwing the ball deep. Because K.J. Hamler, nothing but speed. So we'll see how they get down um, with Teddy Bridgewater this year. I don't think they're coming out of the division or nothing crazy like that, but maybe they can make – maybe Teddy can keep those guys fantasy relevant. Yeah, a sneaky play with Fant and, and Sutton red zone touchdowns because mm-hmm. Bridgewater is accurate, and if he can put it up in the air with those big targets, they can come down with some touchdowns. I wouldn't be surprised nine, ten touchdowns from Sutton or Fant. Wait, say that again? I, I think my headset's broken. How many touchdowns? Nine, ten touchdowns for uh, for Sutton or Fant. One okay. of them kind of goes off on a on a connection with him because 
in the red zone, I just feel like Teddy Bridgewater is going to put it up. He's going to try to get one-on-one and, and put it up. So, I, you know, Judy gets the yards from 20 to 20. He's kind of the slant guy, the, the uh, try to break a big play on a short pass. And then when you get in the red zone, Noah Fant and Sutton are the big guys, and you put it up in the air, and you let them try to make a play on it. Yep, tell them to go get it. Exactly. All right. We got the Broncos out of the way. Now let's talk about this Patriots situation because, man, I, I'm i kind of upset because I really thought Cam Newton was going to get the job, but they just shifted right to Mac Jones. Like, I, I don't know. I felt like they built the team – for Cam Newton with the tight ends and uh, Jacoby Myers being the, the, the stable one uh, wide receiver one, like, you know, the run game, Damian Harris. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I really felt like Cam was going to be dangerous this year. And then Bill Belichick was like, nah, we're, we're starting Mac Jones. Yeah. You took the thoughts right out of my head. I mean, he, he, they went out and spent money, because Cam last year, where they win seven games, and he had like nothing. And uh, after COVID, he didn't seem like the same guy. But before COVID, and uh, and then in this whole preseason, he looked pretty good. And they built this team that, like, you know, with guys with bigger wingspans because he's not that accurate. Um, guys that you can run double tight end to make it look like it's a run set, and then use play action off of it, and and take Henry and Jonas Smith up the field and it, it seemed literally built to uh, play great defense and an offense that could work with Cam Newton. And now Mac Jones is in there and he hasn't had a bad preseason. He's been fine too, but I don't know how much it fits him. You know, how, how much can they run now without the threat of Cam? I mean, is, is Harris a, like, does he threaten you really in in the run game? If you're not worried about Cam Newton, I don't know. Well, they have a lot of bodies back there. So you're not only running with Damian Harris. You got Ramondre Stevenson. You got J.J. Taylor, who was breaking, breaking ankles during the preseason. Um, you have James White, who's, you know, the pass-catching maverick over there. So you have a, a you have enough guys that you can rely on out of the backfield that can give you different looks, that can um, do a lot of different things to help take that pressure off of um, Mac Jones, who I'm not going to say I, I didn't get a, enough look at him during the preseason. I'm not going to say he's not mobile, but I think he's one of those guys that will deliver more from the pocket as opposed to being a scrambling quarterback. But you got enough guys in the backfield that can get the job done and you have a solid offensive line. So that's not, maybe that's not a concern. Um, Maybe that wasn't a concern for Bill Belichick, knowing that you have a, a pocket passing quarterback that can deliver the ball wherever he needs to. Plus, you got John U. Smith too. You can use him out of the backfield. Um, I've seen the Titans do it a couple times where he's taking um, handoffs or sweeps and stuff like that, and he's a bruiser. So he's and he's he's kind of fast for somebody his size. Like I saw him in one Titans game. I can't remember who they were playing. I think it might have been um, Houston. And he was booking down the sideline. Like, he he, he cut one, I want to say 60 yards, but I had to look that up and confirm, fact check that one. But when you got that kind of versatility at the tight end position, you got Hunter Henry on the other side who can make uh, take advantage of mismatches. And then you have all those guys in the backfield. You don't really need Mac Jones to run. No, not at all. But I, I still think that the threat of Cam – 
works within how they built that offense. Yeah, I agree. It 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 it, it takes an element away from the offense that, that would have made them even more difficult to stop. Especially around the goal line. He had twelve he had twelve touchdowns last season or something like something crazy like that. Double digit touchdowns rushing. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That, and everybody insane. thought he was cooked. He looked good in the uh in the preseason. But that wasn't enough. <laughs> no, I, you know, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into it, but you know, there's also the uh the whole vaccination yeah. thing, and I think that was a big deal to Bill Belichick. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Cause I don't, that's yeah. a slippery slope, man. I don't, it's it's I want to say that's one of the concerns, and I think that's a concern about going around the league. But I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine, and I we were talking about this, and and this is all I'll say on it, and then we can move on. Cam not being vaccinated, I was like, you know, how is that fair? Because you got other guys who aren't vaccinated who are still playing. Why would it be an issue for Cam and not for them? Like, because you had Kirk Cousins who was kind of dancing around it in in some of the interviews Carson Wentz uh did the same thing just a couple days ago or last week or whatever and then he was like well they can still play <laughs> I was like dang but Cam can still play too dang. he was like listen Cam is on the out it may not be a good reason but it might have been a reason enough to get rid of him and I'm like yo that's not cool but he was like look he's like look at the guys you mentioned and then look at where Cam is. Cam is, he's on the outs. He could have went anywhere to start. He ended up in the Patriots. They didn't pay him any money. You And they drafted a rookie. That's that's a key. Those other guys don't have Mac Jones mm-hmm. sitting behind them. Not at all. So I was like, dang. I mean, when you put it like that, yeah. And then, you know, it's like, where where do you see Cam going after this? These, with the vaccine, I mean, no, I mean, just have a backup. I mean, just simply, does he have a shot to start anywhere at this point? He he needs to he needs to let it be known he got vaccinated. If he does, and then he's got to wait for an injury to somebody. That's basically what he's going to have to do. Because I can see the Colts if Carson Wentz goes down. I could totally see the Colts getting him with their running game and their defense. Sure, I could see that. The Colts over Car- Carson Wentz versus Cam Newton. Well, if Wentz, when Wentz gets hurt, it's not even an if. <laughs> he already has once this season, this this uh, in the preseason. He's going to get it again. I'm, I I feel bad for him, but you know it is what it is. He's hurt guy. Mm, yeah, that's true. Oh man, don't do that to Wentz like that. He's 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 Eagles free now. We can like his, him. His GM that picked him second murdered him on that. <laughs> I'm just a guy on a podcast. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Um, we'll speed it up a little bit. I want to save this next one for last, so I'm going to jump to Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. And now, just give me your impressions on it. I really don't have any. I think like the only thing I'll say is that Trey Lance is, I think he's on the incoming. Jimmy Garoppolo. This may be his last season as the starter for the 49ers. I think Trey Lance is going to be – he's going to give you something that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't, and that's, you know, the ability to stay healthy during a season 
and a more dynamic arm. I think just looking at him during the preseason, the kind of shots he was taking were ridiculous. He he kind of reminded me of Cam Newton early, like the the amount of power he was throwing in them footballs. Even the wide receivers was like, you know, dag, you got to take something off of that so I can catch the ball because it was hitting their hands and bouncing right off. He just he needs a little more touch. You know, that just shows you he's he's almost there, but he's not there yet. But Jimmy's I think Jimmy's time is uh, is coming short. Yeah, I think Trey Lance will be the starter next year. If it was up to Kyle Shanahan, he'd give he'd give uh, Trey Lance the whole season to get himself ready to take over next year. And he'd run with the vet with a really good team around him. He'd run with the veteran this year and try to win it. He's been there once with Jimmy Garoppolo. He got to a Super Bowl. And then next year, let let Trey Lance start the year as the starter. Now, will that happen? I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo is another hurt guy. And if Trey Lance gets in there, and even if it's imperfect, he starts making plays, it's going to be hard to get him off the field, even with his mistakes, because he he's just naturally going to make plays. He's too gifted not to. His ability to get away in his big arm are, are going to cause teams problems. So Shanahan's going to pray Garoppolo stays healthy and that they can make a run with him. But Lance, I would bet by week 10, Lance is the starter and he just doesn't give it back. Mm, week 10? Yeah, I think week 10. I give Garoppolo a little bit of time. He's not Wentz hurt guy, but he's he's hurt guy too. He's He stays hurt. Yeah, he does. He That's... that's... I mean, if you had a contest between him and Wentz on uh, injuries, it, it it would Wentz would probably still beat him. He would. <laughs> That's cold. He would. He at least Jimmy Garoppolo's ran through the playoffs once. Wentz Wentz played what three plays or three minutes or something. Yep, like, and got knocked out. Ko, he was done. <laughs> All right, are. now we're gonna keep this moving. This last one, and then I'll give you – I'll ask you my um, rookie question. Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, what's your initial reaction? Because I already got one. I don't want to go on a tangent. <laughs> my my dad's a Bears fan, and he's already like, why do we have this guy? Who's This is what he does. Who's this other guy they have starting? Why aren't they starting the young guy? That's my. That's been my dad all preseason – and he's like, I got to sit through games with this other guy who I know is not going to win before we throw the young guy out there. And I'm like, yeah, pretty much how it's going to work, unfortunately for you. Your dad Soon is a smart though. man. Oh, my dad. He's, he he doesn't know the details like of the names of the people, but he understands what's going on. You know, he's watched football 70 years, so he he gets it. He knows Fields needs to be out there. That the defense is good enough that if your if your quarterback could just make some plays, you can make the playoffs. They're, they have that kind of defense. But with Andy Dalton behind that offense, because everybody's like, we don't want to put the rookie behind that offensive line. Yeah, but the rookie can move. You know, but Andy Dalton behind that offensive line. He, oh God, fifth by fifth week, Justin Fields is starting. Yep, I've said the same thing. I actually looked at the schedule. I think they played the Lions in Week Four. I bumped it up because the Lions are cake. If you're going to start him against anybody, and I think they got sent uh, the Bengals before that. So those are the two games you 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 make the switch because they're cake games. 
The Bengals are soft. The Lions are trash. Perfect opportunity to get a rookie, get his feet wet, beat an NFL team, gain some confidence. Like, I don't think Justin Fields needs that, but, you know, he gets some swagger into those regular season games and then just let him rip from there. Because I'm, I'm, I'm on the Justin Fields train. Matt Nagy, I feel like the coaching staff and Matt Nagy are on the hot seat. Starting Andy Dalton makes no sense. You need to put Justin Fields in. Let him go. He's shown you that he can do it during the preseason. He he made some rookie mistakes, as he should, because he's a rookie. But the talent difference between him and Dalton is staggering. How you can say with a straight face, Andy Dalton is our starter week after week it is beyond me. Andy Dolan tried to say it's my time now. Oh yeah, <laughs> like no, bro. I wasn't even gonna bring that up. He he said that with the straightest of faces, and I'm sitting here looking at it. I'm looking at the clip. I'm like, yo, this guy is off the wall. Imagine being a reporter in there. You got to hear that. You're like, uh huh, sure, buddy, sure. Dude. Yeah, I would have got fired because I'd have laughed at him. One hundred percent. Like, are you serious? Did he really just? I'd be looking at the, the the reporter next to me. Is he? Is he serious? He really? He really said that? <laughs> that oh, was an man. amazing soundbite. And and in week five, when because I'm gonna flip it on you, I think Bengals and uh, who'd you say uh, Lions? Mm-hmm. Imagine if they let them play that, going, "Hey, here we go," and Dalton loses them both. <laughs> when now there's no reason to keep them in. Yep. And that's that's when you put Fields in. So by week five, you're going to be seeing that clip of it's my time now. And he's going to be holding the clipboard <laughs> on the sideline. Yep. It'll be all over the newspaper. Now is your time. All right. We're going to wrap this up and then we're going to get into our Thursday night football breakdown. So I got to ask you, has there ever, has there been any uh, rookies that have caught your eye? Because that's one of the things about fantasy football. We always look for the next hottest thing to come out that could set a, a fantasy team on fire and take them straight through like is there is there a guy that has that kind of potential in your eyes well i got two and the first one uh plays off what we were just talking about i love fields uh i i think he's gonna get there quick i think he's gonna start really fast for the bears so he'll be an easy stash and i look at his legs his ability to run with a rob mooney Komet, montgomery cohen Dude, give me that all day. And Nagy, I think Nagy's going to get fired. But this season, he's a play caller that was an Andy Reid disciple. So you get him a quarterback that can do some things with those weapons. I like Fields a lot. Nice, nice. I, I'm not going to piggyback because I, I already like Fields, and that was one of the guys. Like I've I've got him stashed all over my fantasy leagues. If he if he let, pops off. He's right in my starting lineup. The other one, the other one's easy. Jamar Chase. The last time him and Burrow played together, they broke like every NAAC or uh, NCAA. Uh, I almost got a little uh, race in the in, into the uh, fantasy talk. NAACP. <laughs> they were breaking NAACP records. <laughs> wrong, uh, wrong letters. Yeah, NCAA records. They broke like every receiving and QB record together the last time they played. And I think that's why he got picked over Kyle Pitts. Not that they thought he'd be any of a better player, but that he has that chemistry with Burrow. 
So I expect them with Tyler Boyd, Mixon, and um, and T. Higgins, uh, it's going to be hard to double uh, Jamar Chase. And he's a one-on-one guy that just goes, gets the ball. So I really like him. I, I expect him to blow up in his first three years, like just be an enormous wide receiver. All right. Now I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Who's going to have the better season, Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase? Chase. Really? Uh, I'm not a Devontae Smith guy, and I'll tell you why. There's been, what, one to do it, one guy his size that's done it. So, you know, um, that doesn't mean that he can't, but you're asking me to choose between Jamar Chase, who I've seen a 100 guys be good with his size, speed, agility, hands, and then you're asking me, well, can this one guy be, you know, uh, 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 Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison? Can he be Marvin Harrison without Peyton Manning also? So that's just asking a lot. You're asking me to Jalen Hurts compared to Joe Burrow? Like Joe Burrow is a killer. We've we seen it. We've seen him break records. Jalen Hurts, I, I guess he's good in fantasy because he could run. But he's not been a thrower of the ball, so I'm definitely taking Jay Moore Chase on uh, on you know history and on the better QB and better better offense around him. You know, um, who do the Eagles have? Jalen Rager was a flop. Commit, uh, 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 the tight ends getting older. Ertz, Goddard seems like he might be out after this year. Doesn't seem like they want to pay him. And Sanders has potential, but we haven't seen him do anything with it yet. So I'm definitely going Chase. Mm. I like that. I like that. That we'll see how that works out. We'll see how that works out. I, what about you? Are you saying you don't like that? You're gonna go Smith? No, it's okay. I, actually, I am gonna go Smith. And the reason why is because the Eagles' passing offense has been so abysmal that they need Smith. They need to get him involved. They need to get him the volume. He's gonna have a ton of work to try and get. He's that's. He doesn't have to share the load with a lot of guys. It's just Jalen Rager there and uh, maybe Quest Watkins. you got the tight ends. But for the amount, for what you invested to get him moving up um, past the Cowboys or trading with the Cowboys to go get Devontae Smith and keep him away from New York, that tells me that we need this guy. We need him in the offense. He's going to be that focal point for the Eagles and Jalen Hurts especially around the red zone. And then you have every other piece that works in conjunction, but they don't have much and at the wide receiver position. So right. with him being can a focal I, point, he's got a ton. He's going to have access to a ton of volume. Can I counterpoint you? Shoot. What round was Jalen Rager taken in? Um, Wasn't it the, the first, the back of the first, first? round? Uh-huh. How'd he do? I mean, he was trash, but Carson nice. Wentz was throwing to him. That's true. Well, and Jalen Hurts, they both were. That's that's fair. He did have Car- Carson. <laughs> we yeah, killed he was, he Carson Wentz this episode. Jeez. Yeah, he was he was kind of bad last year, man. Like I think he was worse than Sam Darnold, and I didn't think that that was possible. Ooh. Yeah. So fair I mean, point. Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts should be able to get Smith the ball more than Carson Wentz. Did. And and to be fair, when Hurts came in, Reger looked a lot better than what he had looked all season. If they can get on the same page, Rager, and I'm not one of those dudes that he had one bad season, he's a bust. 
Like, you got to give him his full rookie contract before we can throw that out. Like, J.J. Arthega-Whiteside is one of those guys who's a bust, shouldn't even be on the team, and he's still on the roster, the active roster. Like, how does that happen? He's a bust. (laughs) Rager, give him, you know, be fair. Give. I'm not saying you be fair. I'm just saying be fair in general. Give him, you know, two more years, see how it works. He's got a legit quarterback, and and I'll say I do like Hurts. He have a legit quarterback who can – who looks like he has something to sh- to prove. Give him a chance. Let him work this new offense and see where it goes from there. But if he was yeah. going to play with Carson Wentz for another two years like that, yeah, he would have been a bust. But I don't think that would have been his fault. Now I look like the Eagles hater because oh. I hate Jalen Hurts. I hate Rager. I don't think Devontae <laughs> Smith's going to be great. I'm just trashing the rivals. I mean, they're still going to be bad during the season. They're only projected to win like six games. So – you know, we that's a whole nother topic. But uh, <laughs> the rookies I've been looking at is two is Kyle Pitts, the number four pick um, to the Atlanta Falcons and Javante Williams. Now, the reason why I like Kyle Pitts is because this dude is they have him listed as a tight end, but I think he's going to be moved around. Um, not not that I think because I've been reading reports um, that they're using him all over the offense, all over formations. He's got he's another reason. I mean, he's in a system that has potential for him to blow up. And I don't think that they're going to ease him in because they spent they spent the fourth round, um, not a fourth round. They spent the fourth overall pick to get him. And then they traded Julio Jones. That tells me we got to get this kid up to speed and ready to go week one. He's going to be a problem. And Matt Ryan, you know the, the Falcons offense, all they do is throw. One of the yeah. top passing attempt um, offenses in the league. That's, I mean, and and you have enough that you can throw to Ridley and Kyle Pitts and not miss a beat. Everybody, excuse me, everybody can eat over there. So Kyle, uh, that volume, man, part. that volume is king in fantasy to me. All the Julio targets got to go somewhere. Yep. And then Javante Williams, he's basically replacing Melvin Gordon. It's just a matter of when, because Melvin Gordon's on his last his last year in his contract. They drafted his replacement of Javante Williams, and everybody seems to love what this kid is doing. They've even compared him to I think Teddy Bridgewater even compared him to Alvin Kamara. So I'm like, you know, hopefully they we get some of that <laughs> during the season. We get to see that early, but I think eventually the the changing on the guard is going to happen and Javante Williams is going to take over that lead spot. It's just a matter of when is it going to happen? But I've been hearing nothing but good things out of the Broncos uh, on Javante Williams. So uh, those are the two guys that I'm really keeping my eye on. Uh, it's my running back one coming out of the draft. I had him higher than Najee Harris. So really? Yes, sir. Mm. He was my top. It was him and then Harris and then Etienne were my top three. Oh, yeah. That would have been a good one if he had stayed healthy. Easy in. Yeah, but, I know. I feel bad for the kid. Yeah, that sucked. And it sucked for my best ball team because I done lost Alvin, uh, Cam Akers and Travis Etienne. I think I lost somebody else, too, to the season. Brutal. But we have covered some of the headlines coming out of the regular, the preseason leading up to week one. Now let's get into this Thursday night breakdown. Cowboys versus Tampa Bay. 
<sighs> okay, now this is going to be the toughest part of the podcast because everybody is basically we're not going to win this game. And I, I, I'm going to try and stay as close to fantasy football as possible <laughs> in this mm-hmm. part. But who is there a guy? Let's get this out of the way first. Is there a player that you're not starting in this game? Man, I, I guess you can convince me to sit Michael Gallup because we have so many other guys. But I really would if if. If I don't have C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and Gallup's a guy that I have, I'm playing him because neither secondary can hold up versus this these passing attacks on either side. So, yeah, I, I don't know if there's um, – I'm probably avoiding um, the running backs of Tampa Bay because I think they're going to go pass heavy um, – because they can, our defense just doesn't look like they could. We're trotting Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown out there, and they're going against Chris Godwin and uh, and the real AB. So, I mean, geez, it, it it's going to be ugly for the passing attacks both ways. Yeah, it's it's not looking pretty. I, they, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott. I think you you start you start both of them and you don't look back. Like Tom, they're both armed to the teeth. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Antonio Brown. On the other side, you got Mari Gallup and Ceedee Lamb. Why are you benching either of those guys? You're not benching Tom Brady. I know you're not benching. Nobody should be benching Tom Brady. Nobody. Like coming into this matchup, we've seen what Tom Brady can do to almost any defense. And now he's he's got guns blazing. He look he coming into the game looking like Yosemite Sam from the old Looney Tune <laughs> cartoons with all the guns out. <laughs> so you you're not you're not benching Tom Brady. You're not benching Dak Prescott for the same reasons. Um, are you benching Ezekiel Elliott? You could. There's the one guy that you because you're facing a team that was a number one run defense last year. And uh, Zach Martin's out. And if you look at our run statistics, our best runs are run behind Zach Martin. Um, so it's very possible that you can make the case if you're if you went running back, running back, running back, your first three picks. There's a case to be made that it, that that Zeke could sit. The problem is I expect Zeke to get three or four catches. Um, and get some yards, and I expect him to get 20 to 22 carries and get, you know, if nothing else, 70 yards. So you're talking seven, 100 total yards and maybe a touchdown, even on a bad game, you know. So I don't know. I, I'd probably stick with him. It's week one. He's going to be a top 10 pick. If you're If you're sitting your top 10 pick week one, he probably shouldn't have been a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I'm leaving him in my lineup. I'm not taking Ezekiel Elliott out. And like you like you said, it is a tough matchup going against the best run defense in football from 2020. It's a tall order. But if they use him in the passing game, he's been looking a lot quicker in preseason. We've seen him on hard knocks. 
They got to get him involved in the passing game if the running game is not going to get there. It's just it's just that simple. You know, we've seen what they do to everybody. Gee, oh, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, how do we draw these dudes the first game of the season? Like, how, who who's making these lists? Like, and this one part is like, I don't want to be, I'm not scared of Tampa Bay. But at the other side, I'm like, them right out the gate? It's like I'm going back and I'm fighting with myself. For real, for real. I'm fighting with myself because I'm like, this could be a statement game. If that comes out and balls, even if they don't win, if they come out and ball, you can't say he's not good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't want to jump off. I don't want to jump off top top. I just had to get it off my chest. Yeah, I, I just I would have rather faced them week eight or nine where we had some continuity. But I think we've yeah, we well rolling with them. Uh, so I'm not scared of them in the playoffs. Let's get them. Yeah, I mean, we got to now. There's basically right on our right on the doorstep. Now, you mentioned that you wouldn't pay, you wouldn't play anybody from. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers backfield. If there's one guy, there's there's two guys that you could probably pay play with confidence, but there's one guy that I really like if I had him on my fantasy team is Leonard Fournette. I think that he had he showed you what he could do in the latter half of the season or um heading into the playoffs when Ronald Jones went down, he got hurt. He he just I think he just needed the offseason to get really acclimated to what the Bucks like to do. Because remember, he came in cold. He came in, um, he was let go by the Jags. He came in towards the middle of the season, somewhere around there. And then they kind of just threw him in there and say, hey, you're going to be splitting carries with Ronald Jones. And Ronald Jones was already rolling. But you give him, and I know they're not going to do it. They're going to continue to split between Ronald Jones and, um, and Leonard Fournette. But even with that, the Cowboys run defense has not been good. 31st in the league last year. And the only reason that happened was because Houston got stomped on at the at the end of the season by Derrick Henry. So they fell further than we did. But against the Cowboys run defense, you can start both of those guys. Ronald Jones can rip, you know, he's both of those guys, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are going to do damage in some form or fashion. Unless the Cowboys defense just somehow turns it on and they're locking guys down. I don't see that happening. Not in the first game of the season. But I think those are the two safest plays that you can get out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, I'm not touching Giovanni Bernard. Um, Not at all. But Ronald Jones and um, Leonard Fournette, I think you can put in your – you can at least flex Leonard Fournette and get something out of him. I'm uh, I, I I'm avoiding all Tampa running backs because they use them so you don't know which one's going to get the carries week to week. Now they brought in Bernard to catch the ball, so the other two aren't going to get many catches. You don't know when Vaughn's going to pop up because he was a a high pick, so you don't know when they're going to try to throw him in there. And I'll be honest, this week I I. You know, that 31st ranking last year, it doesn't mean much to me because that team didn't have Brent Urban. That team didn't have Basham. That team didn't have Parsons. That team didn't have Neal. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't have Dan Quinn. 
I have a feeling our front seven, our, of course, the Dallas Cowboys front seven is going to be a top 15 unit. I worry Mm. about can it be good enough to drag the secondary with it? That I don't know if it could be that good. But I think stopping the run, I I don't think they're going to be a sieve. I think there'll be a pretty good run defense. Um, I think where Fournette could get you is he might get a couple goal line touchdowns. So he might be playable, but I I wouldn't. I have a sneaky suspicion that they're going to try to run early and our guys are going to not allow it. They're going to they're going to put some stops on it. I I like Juice Hamilton. I like Watkins. I like Brent Urban as run stoppers. I like Tank. Tank's an elite run stopper. The question is, can they get to Tom Brady when it gets to third down? That I don't know. I don't think anybody touches Tom Brady on third down. It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> He's like he, he got he only got twenty one sacks last year. That's that's a lot for him compared to in New England, but it's still not a lot compared to the league at all. All right, tight ends. We got to talk about them. Anybody of interest from Tampa Bay? Jo- OJ Howard's back. Cameron Bray is doing whatever he does as the third tight end on that team um and then you have rob gronkowski who's tom brady's buddy so is there any vibe you're getting that you should start any one of those guys or just kind of leave that position alone too because of how things can shake out it it scares me that jalen smith will end up on any of them because i think that would be a problem if if you force me to play when i just play gronk because it would it would make sense if he got four catches at like 15 yards of catch and a touchdown. But yeah, because they're, you know, they'll just lob it up to him. You know, if, if you see a rookie like Parsons or LVE or Jalen Smith on them, they might just give him a shot. Oh, it's one-on-one. We're blitzing. Let's see if he can make a play. And that's what Gronk does. Um, but I don't, you know, there's nobody I'm, I'm trying to run out there. I think there's better plays. Uh, if you haven't totally neglected the tight end, I got that. Um, Cowboy side, because I'm, I'll, I would say, well, I'm sorry. Before we jump into the Cowboys, um, I would probably go along the same route and play Gronk if I don't have another option at tight end. Um, I think that connection between him and Tom Brady hasn't gone anywhere, and per the reports during the off season, they they've been saying that Gronk hasn't missed a step. And he's been playing while O.J. Howard has been recovering from the torn Achilles. And now O.J. Howard's back. But how much, how much back, how, how can I say this the right way? How back is he? Because he's been, you know, I think he got maybe a preseason game in or two. But don't quote me on that. But he hasn't really done much outside of, you know, simply recovering from that Achilles. Can he come in? and shake the rust off and be effective in a real season game? Or is it Gronk's job to lose at this point? You know what I mean? Why Why would you rush O.J. Howard back early? When you have Brayt and Gronk, you can just work him in. Now, I expect O.J. Howard week 10, you know, 8, 9, 10 to start showing up. It kind of give Gronk a break, you know, uh, let him rest up for the postseason. But I, I wouldn't expect the first six weeks O.J. Howard to do much other than get a few plays and to get back in shape and get, uh, you know, himself ready to go. I can roll with that. Now, the Cowboys side, 
Dalton Schultz is still there. Blake Jarwin is back after being on um, IR last season after tearing at Achilles. I mean, uh, tearing the ACL in the beginning of the season. Any either of those? What your fancy? Uh, I, I'm going to shock some people. People, they love Devin White. But if you uh, look at PFF's grading of him in coverage, you know, uh, in, in the playoffs, it, they, they started to pick up better. But he kind of got ate up during the year. And so, I honestly, I expect Jarwin to hit a couple of big plays. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that will go big at other areas, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and kind of leave the tight end towards the end and then try to pick up like a Blake Jarwin. I think in a game like this, that could pay dividends. I, I could see Jarwin going for 60 yards and a touchdown on uh, on five catches. I could see that. Yeah, Blake, Blake Jarwin was the guy that I was trying to target late in drafts. You, I felt like you were speaking to me when you said that because I'm definitely that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't – if I miss – if I don't try and take none of the early guys, I, I wait. I'm going to wait on a tight end. I'm going to try and grab one of my sleepers. Yeah, you go to big offenses. Yep. And Blake Jarwin was one of those guys. I think after being out so long, the Dallas Cowboys paid him. He's got a new deal. He's He wants to earn his keep um, in that Cowboys offense. And I think he kind of gets overshadowed because of the wide receiver group. But Blake Jarwin can make plays. Um, Dalton Schultz, I don't think you can sleep on him. But I think it's still Blake Jarwin's job to lose, and he's not going to lose it behind um, – an injury, but it's good to know that Dalton Schultz is still back there just in case something does happen to Blake Jarwin because Schultz has made some plays too. Um, he had a solid season last year. So, I mean, maybe the Cowboys could flirt with some two tight end looks and give Tampa Bay, you know, a run for their money in that, in that regard. Yeah, that I like Schultz in a, if, if he scores a touchdown. So I think that's the big difference. Dalton Schultz is, he could be big for you if he scores a touchdown in the game. I think Jarwin can get you big points without the touchdown and then could be a, an enormous play if he scores. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you can safely play Dalton Schultz now, um, like I said, outside of something happening to Jarwin. I think Jarwin is the number one tight end. But, um, up until this season, the Cowboys don't really run a lot of two tight end sets. So you have – Jarwin as your as your locked in number one. Um, like you said, the information on Devin White was key. If they try to exploit that matchup, Jarwin could have a better game than most predict. But we'll we'll see. If you don't have any better options, um, I would say roll a dice and and play Jarwin. But hopefully, you do have some better options in leading into week one, so that way you don't have to kind of risk it already. But if he pop. You know you're gonna be looking on a waiver wire for it mm-hmm. <laughs> coming in for week two. Yeah, he'll be one of those ones that's picked up aggressively uh, if he <laughs> has a big game. Yeah, I could see it. Well, okay, so we did our breakdown for fantasy. Who do you think wins the game? Yeah, man, you know I'm. You know me. I'm not one of those raw. raw I'm not Vach Lombardi, who I love. And I loved how hype he gets and Mike Tag. I love how hype they get. But I, I have a betting brain, and my betting brain is not going to let us pick them. Coming off a year where Dak hasn't played in forever, Tyron hasn't played in forever, Collins hasn't played in forever, 
Jarwin hasn't played in a year, and we have eight new starters on our nickel defense. Like Tampa Bay, uh, a lot of the Super Bowl winners win on Thursday night. It's a very high percentage. I think it's like in the high 70% at least. So I would pick Tampa. Uh, Tom Brady doesn't do lulls. He doesn't do like resting on your laurels. So I have it 34-24 Tampa Bay. Sheesh. We'll be all right. We may lose the first two. It don't matter. That division stinks. We're still going to whoop them. (sighs) Okay. You came from an analytical perspective. I'm going to give you the fan. (laughs) We winning. (laughs) We pulling off this upset. You heard it here first. Upset. Cowboys by seven. I don't know what the score is going to be, but they're going to win by seven. I love it, man. I hope so. They pull it off. They catch Tom Brady. Don't you can't catch him lacking, but he's going to get caught lacking on Thursday. It's going to happen. And this will be the statement game for the beginning of the season. And it's going to be something that they everybody's talking about. How did it happen? We didn't expect this. Nobody saw this coming. Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Nope. Upset City. The Cowboys pull it off in their first game, and they beat the defending champs. They might they might have a riot like we won the Super Bowl if we win that first game. <laughs> there might be people listen, in the streets in Dallas. Listen, if, I, if they win this game, I might get blocked on Twitter. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me nothing after that. They just beat the defending Super Bowl champs. What are you going to say to me after that? In this week one, I'm going to be obnoxious. <laughs> I can't wait. I hope it happens. Another reason that I hope it happens. Tom, I'll be, be struggling Tom sometimes, you. man, because I don't want to lose my account. Hey, Tom, <laughs> Tom will block you. Yeah, Tom will block me. And if they lose, if the Eagles lose, well, first of all, if the Eagles lose to Atlanta, it's, you know, it's kind of par for the course. But if we beat Tampa Bay and they lose. I'm not trying to hear nothing from an Eagles fan for the rest of the week at all. I'm not trying to hear nothing you got to say until next Sunday. Skip Thursday. <laughs> next Sunday. You don't get to talk until next Sunday. 100%. But that will wrap up this episode of the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Mike, thank you for coming on to the show. We definitely got to do this again. This was fun. And then we got to do it with the guys. Um, Jalen and Mark um, in the, in another episode for sure. 100%. It's a must. I've been wanting to get on with those guys, man. It's this. They need to just come on with you. Seriously. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's a one show for like six months. It's just, it's just been scheduling stuff, man. My guys have been busy with family and doing other things. I can't, I've always told them that they, their seats are still here when they come back. So it's not an issue. And then like, you know, just trying to get recording time and all that stuff. And I got a family too. So it's kind of hard to just link up, but we, I definitely want to keep this going. So whenever they got the time or whatever, they free, we back at it. I love it, man. I can't wait. Yep. That'll be it for this episode. Thank you for checking us out. Make sure that you follow us across all of our social media at the, at fantasy's finest, not the, I had to take the D out at fantasy's finest on IG, Facebook, and twitter and make sure you follow me on twitter too at hype underscore finest 
And make sure you give my man Mike a follow on Twitter too at CD Piglet. That's it for the show. Until next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. Be sure to join the community on Facebook and follow us on Twitter too at the Fantasy's Finest. See you next episode.